Hi, everyone. Welcome back to your new episode of The Pickup. I'm one of your hosts, Dan, joined by my two co-hosts for this episode in Jack and Johnny. We are going to touch on the free agency for this episode, touching on the main trades that took place, as well as the biggest winners and losers for teams and players. To get us going right now, we're going to jump into the first trade, which was Drew Holiday to the Bucks. Johnny, real quick, want to break down this trade for me? Yeah, man. So, so the Bucks, the Bucks finally got finally got their man in, in True, and uh, they gave up a, a bit to get him. Not gonna lie, gave up three firsts. Um, Eric Bledsoe and George Hill. Now the players, you could say that's a wash, but three first can be a bit, a bit much. Um, but look, they got, they got their guy. They got, they got an impact player that can make Giannis stay. Uh, I have been one of the main hosts on this show uh, talking about how I really believe Giannis is going to leave. Um, I just don't think he's going to stay there. I think he's going to go to a big market and get a championship. But adding true, that's that's something that can sway the sway the difference. Um, you know, I think I think one of the questions around this trade is, does this put them over the top? And uh, Dan and Jack, what do you, what do you think about that? For me personally, I think Drew Holiday is just like an absolute stud, one of the most underrated players in the league. Um, but I just don't know if it pushes him over the top. That's my only thing. Like I think he is gonna severely impact that team especially with him and Bledsoe, even though Bledsoe's a good defender, I think Drew Holiday's better. And then Drew Holiday, what he does on offense is a much cleaner fit than what Bledsoe provided. So um, putting in Drew Holiday there, and I think it pushes Middleton more to like a three in that offensive hierarchy, which is better fit for him as well, a little bit less pressure. So I do like the fit, and I think they're still going to be that top tier in the East, obviously, threatening for a championship. I just don't know if it's going to, like, really push him over the top. That's my only thing. Um, but, like, I love the fit with Drew Holiday for, for Giannis. It's just, is it going to be enough to convince him to stay? That's what's going to be the biggest question mark and how if we really grade this out um, as a really big win for the Bucks. Because if it's enough, that's great it's worth every single pick that you gave up to get him. If Drew Holiday is what convinces Giannis to stay, but I don't know. I do love how it impacts their chances for this season though, because Drew Holiday is a better offensive guy that can give you just buckets um, in terms of impacting the a playoff game. So I do like the fit there. I think, I think what's going to make or break it is if true can actually play the one. Um, like we've actually never seen him play point, like quote unquote, and that's probably give or take will be the blunt of his, his duties, or they'll just give it to Giannis and they'll do what they did last year. But it's going to be interesting seeing him as a primary ball handler because, um, yeah, most of the stops and most of his places in his career, he's never been like the, the quote unquote primary guy handling the ball. Um, no, I agree with you that, yeah, we're going to have to wait and see to, to see if this really tilts the scale, um, this year though. They, they tried their best to keep up in the arms race, and I think they they made a move that's something that I've been talking about in previous episodes that, you know, clearly they think that it's not surefire Giannis stays either. This is the type of move you make that you think of, oh, man, are we about to lose our, our franchise piece uh, when he becomes a free agent? Jack, anything to add on this trade? Yeah, I mean, definitely a great move for the Bucks. Uh, like Dan said, one of the most underrated players in the league. Um, great two-way player can give you buckets and also get you stops on the defensive end um you know I don't know if this really 
puts them over the top, like getting them like a surefire star would have. Mm. But um, it's important that they made this move to show Giannis, hey, we know you want help. We want you to stay. Um, and we're doing all we can to try to make that a reality. Okay. And um, it definitely makes them, like you guys said, a surefire contender in the East, but doesn't put them over the top to make them the clear favorite. I don't think it does, but definitely a great fit. And it's going to be exciting to see what he can do there with Giannis Middleton. Yeah, I totally agree with you. I totally yeah. agree, man. I think it's going to be it's going to be interesting. They definitely have a higher ceiling. I think we can all agree on that. Um, but we're just going to have to wait and see and see how this pans out for the Bucks. Our next big trade was Chris Paul going to the Suns. I personally love this trade for Phoenix. They ended the bubble on like something we've already talked about, just like this fantastic stretch where we might be actually seeing good Phoenix Suns basketball for the first time in forever. So I love this fit. Um, you're giving Booker help. And Chris Paul showed us what he could do in Oklahoma City. Like, he's still that dude. And this is a much better roster, in my opinion, than what he was playing with in Oklahoma City. So I really like this fit for Chris Paul. As long as he's healthy and can contribute in the way, or maybe just like a little bit less um, than he did in Oklahoma City, for this season because he won't have to as much with DeAndre Ayton and Booker already there. I think it's awesome. And I think for that, the Suns are definitely going to be a playoff threat now. Yeah, no, I, I agree with that. I think, I think this propels them back to their playoff days when they had um, Nash and Amari and, and, uh, and uh, Leandro Barbosa and Sean Marion. Um, that was a fun team to watch. I only know so much about the team because they matched up against the Lakers so many times. But, uh, no, definitely a great trade for the Suns. Um, I, think, I think this is the same argument that the Bucks are doing right now with Giannis. It's just a bit more future-focused with Booker. Um, they don't want Book to leave. <laughs> Book is a certified superstar uh, right now in the NBA. He showed that in the bubble and getting him a, uh, an all-time great point guard is exactly what he needed. Um, this is someone who's going to take more pressure off the ball for him. He's not going to have to do so much. not going to have to carry so much weight. And we already know he's one of the most efficient scorers in the NBA. So this is only going to you know, make that efficiency go up. Uh, this will also help Aiton's growth and development um, tremendously. You know, Chris Paul is, is – and he's definitely top 10 all time in assists in the, in the NBA. I'm not sure exactly where he is, but have given him another great big, um, you know, back to the Blake Griffin and, and DeAndre Jordan days. We saw what he did with those two great bigs. So I definitely expect him in the playoffs. I'd say – I'd say top five, top six. I'd be surprised if they were like the eight or seven seed. I think that would be a disappointment um, with what they have in Phoenix. I uh, to touch on that just because yeah. I think the West is so crowded. There's going to be a yeah, lot of teams where yeah. I think that last stretch from five to eight or something could be like neck and neck to where those teams could all have pretty dang similar records. I think yeah. uh, making the playoffs is just a win alone for Phoenix. What about you, Jack? Anything to add on, add on, on you know, CP3 going, going West uh, to help Devin Booker out? Yeah, I mean, this is, I think, exactly what the Suns needed other than just getting an all-star, one of the greatest point guards of all time in Chris Paul. Mm -hmm. uh, I think what they needed was like a leader and a veteran presence there because they're a very young team. And coming off the heels of, you know, going 8-0 in the bubble, which nobody saw coming, I mean, 
there's all of a sudden a lot of hype for the Suns, especially for Devin Booker and Aiton and those guys. Um, and adding Chris Paul to the mix makes that backcourt really, really interesting and definitely one of the top in the league. Um, and CP3 is going to just feed those guys the ball. Um, he's definitely going to help Aiton out, and he's going to get Booker his shots. And he's also going to give them buckets when they need them. Um, and obviously we saw what Chris Paul did last year with the Thunder. I mean, you saw that stat like a point, what, 8% chance to make the playoffs. And point oh two. Point, point oh two. two. Exactly. <laughs> that, that just tells you the impact Chris Paul can have on a team, even at this stage in his career, not just from his ability, but as a leader. And I think that's exactly what the Suns needed, just that veteran presence that's been there and um, can lead them forward. Yep. I'm, I'm totally in agreement there. And I love what it does for their young wing players too, like looking at a Michael, Michael Bridges, Cam Johnson. Like Chris Paul's just going to make their lives even easier, right? Knock down some shots, make great cuts, get to the rim. Chris Paul's going to find you. So I love what it does for their whole entire roster. I think it's a huge trade for the Suns, and I'm excited to see what – what they do for this season. Let's jump into our free agency team winners, our main takeaways here. We're going to touch on four teams that were our primary winners for free agency. Um, first team up is the Atlanta Hawks. Johnny, what do you think about the Hawks offseason? Yeah, man. Uh, clearly the Hawks want a playoff spot. <laughs> it's, that, it's that simple. Clearly they want to be in the playoffs. Uh, really like what they did, uh, grabbing, grabbing Bo, 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 Bogdan. There we Bogdan. go. Bogdan, <laughs> Bogdan. I had, to sure I, had right <laughs> I had to make sure I had the right one there. Uh, stealing him away from the Bucks. Whatever happened there was just total botch by, by Milwaukee. Um, grabbing Danilo uh, to compete, uh, grabbing Chris Dunn and Rajon. They might have paid a bit over much for, for Rajon, but it is what it is. Um, Dunn will be able to help Trey on defense, et cetera. Um, and, and their draft, they had a great draft as well. So I definitely think this gets them into the playoffs. We all know how bad the bottom of the East is, no offense to that conference. But, um, you know, if you can't figure out how to win now with Trey uh, Bogdan, um, uh, who do who they got? Uh, Hunter or Reddish, uh, John Collins and Capella. Uh, and something, you know, something's wrong there. Something, something's wrong there, not with the players. So really great offseason for them. Um, and really excited to see Trey with a full team around. Um, you know, if, if it wasn't for how great Luca is, like understand that Trey would have been like the steal of any draft. Like, oh, yeah. him, he's you know been, what I mean? Like Trey is a generational <laughs> talent as well. <laughs> Offensively, he's absolutely incredible. And so I think this team, what they built around him in this offseason, just – cements him for more success because especially at the guard position looking at Rondo and Dunn they're just they're both better defenders than Trey is Dunn's arguably one of the best perimeter defenders in the league so being able to hide Trey a little bit more on the defensive side uh, I think and then just like you said they're a deep team now so it's like they're going to be really fun to watch I think and um, absolutely they're they're going all out for those playoffs in the east and I think it's great when you have talent like Trey Young like yeah show him that you want to put the pieces around him to be successful and and I think these pieces around them will also help the young guys that they already have. Because if we talked about their young core earlier in uh, past episodes, like Hunter, Reddish, Young, Collins, like those are some really intriguing players and pieces. So hopefully having this group now around them, plus their draft, just propels 
like sets them up in better positions right now to where they can really continue to grow and flourish and kind of reach Trey's, Trey's level of where he's kind of expecting to be at for that team. Yep. Couldn't agree more. Our next big winner was the Portland Trailblazers. Absolutely think they killed this off season. Um, Jack's smiling on the camera right now. I don't, you know, you guys can't see it, but um, signing Derek Jones Jr., trading for Robert Covington, um, bringing back Enes Cantor, and then re-signing uh, Carmelo Anthony and then Rodney Hood. Jack, why don't you touch on the Blazers' off season? Why you think they really just knocked us out of the park? Yeah, I mean, we've been saying for a while now, get Dame some help. And clearly, something woke Neil Olshay up one day and was like, man, I got to get this, my superstar some help. Um, and that's exactly what he did. I mean, we honestly, as a Blazer fan, I'm kind of premeditated sometimes to not expect much out of the offseason. So when I saw that Robert Covington trade show up, I was like, whoa, what? <laughs> and I mean, that's exactly what we needed. Um, I mean, Roko is – a 3 and D wing, which is a perfect fit. I mean, amazing help de defender that's just going to make plays on both ends of the court, whether it's hitting a clutch shot or getting a great stop, helping out on the weak side or whatever. Like, this is exactly what the Blazers needed. And Rocco's that kind of guy that, like, any team would want. I mean, Johnny was saying to me before how much he wanted the Lakers to get him. I mean, he just has that kind of impact that – helps make any team better and um aside from that um Derek Jones Jr. who um you know a few Blazer fans were a bit shaky on and surprised on especially when they wanted someone like Paul Millsap but um Derek Jones Jr. is a really athletic wing I mean we've all seen his highlight dunks and um I actually saw a stat that said he's one of the best at defending the three-point line in the league. Like, he's in the top five. And if you watch the Blazers' defense this year, especially guarding the three-point line, like, you know how bad we were at that. <laughs> absolutely horrible. And, um, you know, getting a guy that can just contest shots and, you know, get in the middle of things, like, that's exactly what we needed. Um, you know, bringing back Ennis Cantor, um, who holds a special place in Blazers' hearts because of, the playoff run we had. Um, I know there's a lot of like hate on him because of the defense and whatever lack of defense, but he just played tough for us. Um, that playoff run. Um, you saw him have that impact against OKC playing with through the um, bum shoulder and uh, Ramadan against mm -hmm. the Nuggets. Um, you know, the guy just competes and, you know, Blazer fans love to see that. And, he seems to be really happy to be back. And um, Ronnie Hood as well. I mean, obviously came coming off a really bad Achilles injury, um, which was very disappointing to see along with all the injuries we had last year. But, you know, seeing the impact he had for us in the playoffs, just hitting clutch shots. I mean, who can forget that uh, four overtime game against Denver, game three, two years ago, um, where he – basically just came on the court and he was the only one who had energy left and just hit shots for us and won us the game. Um, so, and he's just going to be that guy that Dame can dish the ball to and hit shots. And that's something we need as well. So I'm, I mean, on this podcast so far, I've criticized 
Neil Olshay a lot and just the Blazers in general for their lack of moves around Dame, but you won't hear it from me this time. Like, that's an A-plus as far as I'm concerned. I'm in total agreement with you, Jack. Um, like I said, I just think they absolutely killed this offseason. And what I love about this um, is Derek Jones Jr. and Rocco are just – they're going to be upgrades of what we saw they were able to do with the success that Harkless and Aminu were in that starting lineup. Exactly. So Robert Covington was a lights out shooter in that bubble stretch, whether before the playoffs and in the playoffs, like he's just knocked down. He's the perfect complementary piece that I think the Blazers need because if you look at what Dame provides CJ and Nurk, those are three guys that can score and impact the game. They need those high impact role players. And Robert Covington has a higher ceiling than, any, I think, role player we've they've had in that role. So it's going to be pretty awesome for him. Derek Jones Jr., underrated signing, super athletic, like you said, just a great 3 and D – or not 3 and D player, but really great defender. And he's going to be like a great cutter and impact guy. And then, like you said, just all those signings are just solid players that are really, I think, are going to fit in well with that team. They're a deep team now. Gary Trent Jr. goes back to the bench, which he's probably – overqualified for after his run too so it's like they're just a deep team Melo's back like that's going to be a fun locker room it seems like everyone's pretty happy to be there and I think we can expect like a big season from the Blazers this is I'll say it I'll say it right now this is the best team Dame's had since LaMarcus was there so I expect a lot this year from the Blazers um I expect a top three finish in the west well, maybe top four. I don't know if they kick out the Nuggets or the Clippers, to be fair. But I expect top four, for sure. <laughs> um, and, and uh, you know, keeping Dame and, and, and CJ there uh, is huge. Couldn't agree more. A-plus for the Blazers. And, and coming from a Lakers fan, that's rare for, for some, someone to say that. But really, really great all-around offseason for them. Yeah, don't worry, Johnny. That's a great transition because we are going to talk about your Lakers now. Um, stellar offseason by Los Angeles. Like, God, we knew that with LeBron, this team, I don't think was going to sit on their hands, right? Like, they knew they have to kind of retool, get ready to defend that title. But, man, bringing the guy like Dennis Schroeder, massive upgrade over Rondo. I love what Rondo did for the Lakers in the playoffs and the finals. Like, he was awesome. But getting a guy like Schroeder, who was the second runner-up to sixth man of the year and started games for Oklahoma City, too, like – Super high impact score, defender, playmaker. He's 20, what, 27? Yep. So just awesome. Trez getting the sixth man of the year. I don't know about the huge fit, right, with the Lakers, but in the regular season, I think he's a guy that can obviously contribute to wins and stuff. We'll see how he'd have to play in the playoffs, maybe with AD uh, and LeBron and stuff. But another great signing. No one thought Trez was going to leave the Clippers, ah. or, and if he was going to leave, he wasn't going to the Lakers. So uh, great <laughs> signing by Rob there. Um, Marcus Saul, just Johnny. I know you'll touch on this later, but Lakers fans <laughs> gotta love that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we'll and see. then bringing back a guy like KCP, who we saw that value, but now it's like he with a guy like Schroeder, another high impact scorer like Montrez. Like he doesn't have to be that really third critical piece like he was for the Lakers in that finals run. Um, and he's just gonna come in and do his role and be a really good job at it. Like he was, he was awesome. So I think he's now in a better position to succeed. And then Wes Matthews, basically, if he can give you what Danny Green's doing, but a little bit better shooting, um, obviously <laughs> what we saw in that last stretch, but Wes Matthews is a cheaper alternative to that. So I think all around the Lakers, like the Blazers just had an A plus off season. So 
Johnny, don't worry. I'm going to pass it over to you now. Uh, brag about your Lakers. Tell me how awesome they are and what a great offseason they had. No, I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what. Take away if we win a championship or not this year. Don't even think about that. There's three things that the Lakers did this year that um, this offseason that wins them the offseason to me. One, they prepared for life without LeBron. We did not do this with Kobe. We totally tanked that. We had to rebuild. Not anymore. We bring in a 27 year, we bring in two 27 year olds, upgrades from two 34 year olds. Two, they prepared to pass the torch to AD. Granted, some of the fits may not make sense, but still, they showed AD, hey, look, buddy, we can go get talent. People want to come play with us. Don't worry about it. We got you. Dennis Schroeder is a great pickup. Trez is a great pickup. And three, and this is probably the most important one because, Dan, you touched on it. Trez may not be the best fit, but this is the classic. I'd rather he be with us than he be with them. I am 100% all for him being on a Lakers jersey instead of wearing a Clippers jersey. Even if he sits on the end of the bench, fine with me. He won six men of the year last year. He had to do something to deserve that. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, he's yeah. a good player. He's going to yeah. make an impact. <laughs> he had to do something to deserve that. So, you know, it's a huge, huge offseason. Rob made the moves like we lost the championship. And that's what people, people aren't getting, is that he made moves like we lost. And we didn't. We won. Um, and to retool it the way we did um, is it, just great to see. Really proud of what, what happened in Los Angeles. Uh, and let's go get number 18. <laughs> Yeah, all around, I think it was the Lakers and the Blazers, I think, were my two biggest winners of the offseason, just all around A-plus moves by them, um, which I think is like the Lakers are now just a deeper team, more talented team. So seeing what AD and LeBron were able to accomplish last year, it'll be kind of fun to see what they're able to do with an even better roster. So. Let's slide into our fourth and final winner for the teams we have the philadelphia 76ers um overall daryl morey this is why he's an awesome gm right he comes in fixes every problem the sixers have in what 24 48 hours yeah, um actually like <laughs> yeah like <laughs> man just completely reshaped that roster to where last year we were all talking about okay there's no fit here like what's going on and so um bringing a guy like seth curry Lights out shooter, Danny Green, obviously we've touched on before. He struggled a little bit in the playoffs, but the guy is an established winner, 3 and D player, has a career, like a, he's a 40% three-point shooter, so he's, he's going to be helpful for that floor spacing. Um, Dwight Howard is just like a nice backup center signing, like come in, give you energy minutes. Like he's not going to be asked to do a lot, but nice little piece behind Joel. And then um, again in the draft, bring a guy like Tyrese Maxey. So overall, just really great. Um, offseason by Philadelphia. Uh, Johnny or Jack, you want to touch on Sixers offseason, what you think it means for uh, this dynamic duo that we've been talking about a lot on this pod and Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid? I mean, that's something we've been talking about on past podcasts. Um, what are the Sixers going to do? Um, are they going to break up the duo of Simmons and Embiid? Because it seemed like it wasn't working. But then they brought in Daryl Morey and he just swooped in and made all these moves that like, like you said, address all the Sixers' needs. Like, they needed shooting, and they needed guys that could space off of Simmons and Embiid. And that's exactly what Maury came in and did. Um, and it's going to be really interesting to see how the Sixers perform now with those pieces. And um, 
how the dynamic between Simmons and Embiid is going to work now that they got some pieces around them that actually kind of fit the puzzle. Yeah, I'll, I'll say, I'll say, I think their death lineup, right? If, if ending games, I think what it's going to end up being is Simmons, Seth, Danny, Tobias, and Embiid. And that's actually pretty scary. That's a great because, lineup. <laughs> because you can't leave Tobias, Danny, and Seth. And then what do you – like, you can't leave – like, you can't give too, Simmons too much space. He's just going to drive right past you. And then Joel, I mean, let's be real. When Joel's healthy, he's a top-ten player in the NBA. So, yeah. you know, the, we, we knew he was there. So, to me, they, they totally retooled it. They're absolutely, you know, making jokes. But, yeah, Daryl comes in, and it literally seemed like 30 seconds later, everything was fixed in Philadelphia. <laughs> I know. All, all words are just gone. <laughs> like, wait, we don't need to break these guys up. <laughs> yeah, all of a sudden, they're a great team, right? Uh, definitely going to be interesting to see what they do. Yeah, and I, I love the fit just overall in that roster. just makes so much more sense, especially sliding a guy like Tobias Harris to the four, which we saw he had a lot more success at um, in terms of the Clippers run that he had. So I think him being at the four, um, instead of having to guard those more like a little bit quicker athletic wins, is going to be a great fit for him. And just really, as like you said, bringing two shooters now in green and Curry, it's just going to make that lineup work so much better. All right, jumping into our next segment, we're going to talk about the biggest winners for in terms of players in free agency. Our three main winners for this uh, segment that we want to touch on is Christian Wood, Gordon Hayward, and Fred Van Fleet. So for the first one, we got – Let's see, Gordon Hayward getting 121 or 120 million. He was declining 30 million, and no one, I don't think anyone was expecting him to get this kind of money on the open market. Just blows my mind. Like, like props props to Gordon Hayward and his agent, man, because I thought it was if he was going to sign a new deal, it'd be for less money, but at least more long term security. So there's a trade off there. But, hey, he got the long-term security, and he got the more money. I mean, he committed daylight robbery. Yeah, he robbed the Hornets, which we'll touch on in our loser segment a little bit later. But four years, $120 for Gordon Hayward, and he gets to go to Charlotte where he actually wanted to go years beforehand when he was initially a restricted free agent and signed there when he was with Utah. So if he really wanted to go that bad, like now he gets to go there, four years, $120 I think anyone would go to Charlotte too for that kind of money. So, uh, props to Gordon Hayward. <laughs> props to Gordon Hayward. Props, props to your agent. Um, big winner in terms of a player perspective. Yeah. Um, Christian Wood was our next big winner. Three years, forty-one million. As kind of like a journeyman player, but he's still pretty young at twenty-six. I want to say so. Um, and he was able to really flourish in Detroit. I think playing in Houston. Who knows what's going to happen with those two superstars? You know, kind of want out, but. If they were to keep them, Christian Wood's a nice piece to throw in there for that starting lineup. Um, really offensively skilled big man. So um, props to him. Nice contract um, and really secure in the bag in terms for, for him. And then our last guy, Fred Van Fleet. Four years, $85 million. Most ever by an undrafted player. Fred Van Fleet, you earned every penny. That was awesome. Freddy V, baby. Love that, that storyline by Fred Van Fleet. Um, absolutely was instrumental in their championship run. Had an awesome season this past year. 
And this just shows you any undrafted player out there, any second round pick, under the radar guy, come in, just work your butt off. Like you're going to get rewarded. Look at Fred Van Fleet. He's awesome. So, uh, Johnny, why don't you touch on a couple of these uh, player winners and why you why you like him so much? Yeah, yeah. I mean, Freddie, Freddie V, right? I mean, that's just a feel good story. Um, I myself am, am pretty short as well, to, to be perfectly honest. So seeing, seeing another, a fellow short guy, uh, uh, get a win is, is huge. Uh, he's, he's super instrumental to, to the, to the Raptors championship run. Um, really great to see him, to see him get his bag. Uh, Christian Wood, man, uh, if, if they, if they stay together in Houston, he's their perfect stretch big. I mean, he was a lot, he, he, he averaged something like 20 plus a game and shot like 30, 30 plus, like high thirties from three once Blake went down, uh, which is rather, rather impressive actually. So really, really great to see him get his bag. Uh, I think, I think Ben and I were both like, mm, can the Lakers get, get him? Can, can my Lakers figure out a way to get wood? And, and I know Ben was looking at wood for his Celtics as well. Um, but obviously it was, it was a bit out of our, out of our salary range. Yeah. I think it was just a piece that a lot of teams wanted, yeah. like no. desirable I'll, guy. I'll say what, I'll say something about this, this free agent class is that this was the perfect class for contenders. Uh, like this, this really was, uh, uh, the people who have been signed, they've been all kind of went to contenders almost. And it's mm-hmm. like, yeah, this was the perfect class for, for a contender. You just retool, re-up. No one's going to change your franchise. I mean, Gordon got overpaid, but <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. Um, but, but yeah. And this is a winner from a player perspective. Yeah, We're getting yeah, props to Gordon right now. <laughs> from a player perspective, all up to Gordo, man. I mean, I mean. I mean, who knows? I, hey, look, if he's healthy, once upon a time, that wasn't once, you know, too long ago, three years ago, he was a, a fringe top 20, 25 player in the NBA. Um, so who, who knows? Maybe maybe full opportunity, no Jason, Jalen, or Kemba to share the ball with. Just have to worry about LaMelo. Um, you know, who knows? Maybe, maybe he can get back to that level. But, yeah, he's definitely a winner as well. Jack, what do you think about these uh, three players and their takeaways in free agency? Yeah, I mean, you said it. You guys kind of said it best. Um, Christian Wood is just a really good fit for the Rockets, especially if they keep Russ and Harden, which, I mean, we all thought they were leaving about a week ago, but the way things have gone, like, they could stick around a little longer. And, um, like, it does make Houston pretty dangerous. I mean, you highlighted what Christian Wood did uh, once Blake went down, and he really – could be that solid third piece for them. And um, it's going to be interesting to see what the Rockets can do after making a move like that when we thought they were going to rebuild up and ship out their superstars. Yeah, no, it'll be for sure interesting. Um, regardless, whatever happens to those superstar pieces too, I, that's why I like the Wood signing at least. Like, is because he's young enough to where he can fit into maybe that next uh, whatever happens in Houston if they do get get some new pieces kind of flowing in there. So Um, let's jump into our losers for free agency. Um, And we did highlight uh, four teams specifically. Um, Ben is going to be happy. He's not joining us on this episode because the first one is the Boston Celtics. Um, Our second loser was the Milwaukee Bucks. Then we have the Detroit Pistons and rounding out is the Charlotte Hornets kind of looking at that from the front office perspective. Um, but we'll touch on, let's go the, uh, Boston Celtics first. So just to highlight that Gordon Hayward trade or signing again, 
um, especially when there was rumors going around that they could have gotten Miles Turner, Doug McDermott from the Pacers for Gordon. And Gordon has obviously background in Indiana playing called ball there. So I just don't know how you don't make that happen for Boston. Miles Turner would be a great piece in that lineup. Uh, McDermott, nice, solid role player. Like that looked like an ideal outcome if you're gonna if you have to lose a guy like Gordon Hayward, um, but it did just get reported by Shams when we were filming this episode that this trade for Gordon Hayward signing trade actually officially happened. So Boston gave up two second round picks, but they got back a trade exception of twenty seven point five million, which is enough for a max player. So we are bashing on the Celtics right now. You know, we might be coming back and seeing Danny Ainge's praise later. We'll see what happens. But just in the in the present time, it just looks like a massive L for Boston um, in this free agency period. Uh, Johnny, what do you think about the Celtics? My thing with Boston is, like, you just can't let him walk. I've been saying this the whole time about all the players we talk about. You cannot let Giannis walk. He can't let – he just can't let a star walk. And And, and something like – and I'm not just trying to stir the pot. Something something has to be going on in Boston. Like, that's two back-to-back maxes that you signed that have basically requested a trade and walked out. Like, so, like, like what's going on, Danny? Like, like, something's going on there. Like, whether it's the culture, whether it's the coach, whether it's, you know, everyone thinks, you know, everyone loves Brad. You know, whatever's going on, it's like, come on, man. Like, these, this is back-to-back years, essentially, where your, your guys – have said, see you later. Um, and, and, and then rumor, I mean, and, and obviously it doesn't help that Danny tries to throw names into every trade piece for every lottery pick possible. I mean, I'm sure Kemba's not feeling too great right now being yeah. shot for a top 10 pick um, after signing a max with them and leaving Charlotte. So I think, I think Boston is a loser from the standpoint that they just need to figure out the direction they want to take. It's fine. It's fine losing losing Hayward. I I, I mean, I personally, I bashed on Hayward that he was the biggest faller this season because I I think he hasn't lived up to his contract in any way. But you can't let him walk out the door for nothing. You know, can't let him walk out. Yeah, and it's tough. With I think your point on their free agents leaving, like Kemba Walker now getting shopped around, like you said. Uh, that's going to be tough a little bit for morale. But, I mean, we'll see how Kemba kind of responds, how that Celtics team responds, because, again, that's another big free agent that they signed that could maybe request out now. So, um, yeah. I mean, they've, locked up, they've locked up J&J. They got Jason and Jalen. So yeah, like their, their future duo <laughs> is solid. It's just they need to get the right pieces around them to compete and not drive all these guys away. So, um, Jack, what do you think about the Celtics offseason? Yeah, I mean, it's just kind of some tough looks all around. I mean, uh, I do think there's something up, like what Johnny said. Like, Kyrie wanted out, walked out the door after they made a huge deal for him. said, I'll be back. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. And, um, you know, now Gordon Hayward goes out the door. It's like those are the two guys who a few years ago, you're like, oh, that's the future of the Celtics. And they're gone. Um, and we got to keep in mind, like, locking up Jason and Jalen, that's huge. Those are their two guys. But it's just, like, letting Hayward walk. Um, I mean, we did just hear they got a huge trade exception out of it, which, I mean, that could work out down the road for Danny. Maybe he's got something up his sleeve. But right now, it's, it's still 
you know, just questionable letting that happen. And, you know, shopping around Kemba as well, like, um, you know, Johnny and I made jokes, like, is Danny against, like, short point guards or something? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, what's the deal there? <laughs> um, but, you know, that's – you got to wonder what's going on there. Um, you know, maybe they'll figure it out and put together I – mean, they're going to be a playoff team. Yeah, sure. absolutely. absolutely. They're still going to be a threat, I think, with Tatum and Brown – there they're and there's still going to be a threat for a championship too it's just so we are being maybe a little too overly harsh on them because they do have great pieces still it's just what looking at the offseason and it's like as itself it looks like the boston celtics are losing i mean when jeff teague and tristan thompson highlight your offseason it's like come on guys hey double T can make an impact sure. <laughs> you gotta just do a little better we'll a little better than that we'll see um our next Big loser, I think, was the Milwaukee Bucks. Now, we did highlight the Drew Holiday trade as a win for Milwaukee, um, but I we did have him as a loser just because three first-round picks for a guy like Drew, especially when you were uncertain about Milwaukee's future and Giannis's future, that could look really bad if he walks out the door. So um, that's a hefty price to pay, but if he signs an extension, like, hey, it's all worth it. It doesn't matter. But Or if you win a championship. Hey, it doesn't matter. The big reason they are a loser, though, is the Bogdan Bogdanovich trade that looked like it was all said and done, yeah. but men fell through. And apparently, he just never wanted to be in Milwaukee, never agreed to play I in Milwaukee. You your homework. How like, you how, <laughs> as a restricted free agent, and if you're to com- or doing a sign and trade with a player, that's got to be the first thing that you knock off your checklist like, hey, you want to come play in Milwaukee with the honest? And he says yes, or he says no, and that's how yeah. the negotiations go. I don't know how you how <laughs> can you complete, how can you complete a trade, yeah, and then you find out the guy doesn't want to play for your team. Exactly, exactly. It blows my mind. So it's like, how can you fumble the bag like that? And then they're getting looked into pampering issues because of the, the trade happening before the official free agency thing. So it's just like massive massive L right there by the Bucks on that trade, especially because Bogdan is, would have been like a great piece. Like Holiday looked really good, but when you were looking at Holiday with Bogdan, that was an awesome offseason for the Bucks. So, just... They would, they, would, they would have been the championship favorites if they got Bogdan. Like, I, would, I would agree with you. Like, them, out of the East and out of the West, I would have had Lakers-Bucks. Like, that's, that, those would have been my two Shooters and Bogdan and Middleton, true... Yeah, Giannis and and and, and uh, Lopez. So, yeah, no, couldn't agree more, Dan. Uh, jumping to our next loser here, we have the Detroit Pistons. Uh, Johnny, I do want to toss it over to you because you had a really great quote before we started this segment, and share with our listeners on why the Detroit Pistons are a big loser in free agency. I mean, if you look at the Detroit Pistons, they actually roster every single power forward in the NBA. Every single one. <laughs> no, I'm serious. <laughs> if, you, if you go in the index and you click power forward, I promise you they'll be playing for the Detroit Pistons. Like, I have no idea what they're doing. Like, did, did the GM with the, what, like, did the GM get a playbook and would just look to the playbook and was like, oh, yeah, yeah, power forward, yeah. I want five of them, all five. <laughs> my, my thought process is, did he just hand out deals and he's like, okay, we're going to get one of these guys to bite, and then they just all accepted? Like, 
No, Dan, that's actually a great point. Maybe that's exactly what happened. He was just like, hey, yeah, three years, 40 million. Yeah, let's just, every power forward, we'll send an email. We'll send an email. Hey, Anthony Davis, you want to come play here? Oh, he said no. Oh, Miles Plumley said yes, though. Here we go. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. Mason there got a lot more money than I thought he would stand on, <laughs> on the open market. Jeremy Grant is actually a piece I like, but. but like within on. there, within there they actually signed a really solid piece. Yeah. Jeremy Grant. But as your starting point guard, I don't know. I've never seen him play point guard. <laughs> <laughs> like we're well, making so. jokes, but like I, I do mean it in a way that like I don't know if they're actual losers because they weren't going anywhere anyway. I don't yeah. mean that harshly. They, they, they weren't. But no. it's just hilarious that you could literally have a starting lineup of four, five power forwards if you wanted to. Yeah. It's, it's absolutely – it blows my mind. <laughs> <laughs> so there you go. There you go. Jack, anything to touch on this uh, interesting Pistons offseason? Yeah, I mean, you guys kind of said it all. It's just a very strange situation. Like, maybe it did happen where they just – throughout all those deals and all those guys were like, yeah, we want to play in Detroit. Um, and, you know, Jeremy Grant was on the radar of a lot of contenders, especially after the playoff run. I mean, and then he went to the Pistons. You're like, oh, that's a great move. If they didn't get four other power forwards, <laughs> it's like, what are they doing? Uh, so, you know, it's just, it's just strange. Um, not really one good explanation for it. I mean, we'll see what they make out of it. Maybe they'll start five power forwards and roll it out, see what happens. <laughs> I think ideal outcome, some of these players hit or something, put up numbers, and you can eventually trade them for other pieces. I don't know. But for sure, Markham is a big loser. I think and all Blake of us. still there, too. Yeah, and, yeah, you got Blake Griffin. <laughs> like, what is it like? <laughs> like, he has to be their starting point guard. I don't know what yeah. else. <laughs> and they drafted a center out of Washington. So, it's like, they just love Can you it. imagine if all these players signed, too, and they didn't know everyone else was signing? Like, imagine that. Like, yeah. Like, all like, these wait. blind emails go out. Like, it's blind copy emails <laughs> from, like, Mason and Jeremy and all these players. They all say yes and show up. And they're like, What's, what are you doing here? <laughs> <laughs> wait, didn't expect this. <laughs> yeah. So, um <laughs> Yeah, obviously, like like Johnny said, we're making jokes, but honestly, it's hard to make sense out of this Pistons offseason. Um, so I think that's what we can do, kind of laugh about it, see what happens. Um, to round out this segment, finish this up, our last loser was the Charlotte Hornets. Flipping perspective on that Hayward deal. Um, Jack, touch on why the Hornets are our big loser. I mean, they paid 120 mil for Gordon Hayward. I think that says enough. Um, <laughs> obviously, obviously a great player. And, um, you know, averaging 18, four and six as a fourth option isn't bad. And a few years ago, he was an all-star in Utah. But, I mean, can you really justify paying that much for him? I mean, I, I mean overall, I think Charlotte's had a pretty solid offseason, you know, drafting LaMelo. And, um, you know, we'll see what they can make out of it. But, you know – just can't pay him that much. So much money. <laughs> you, just, you just can't do it. You can't do it. No. Yeah. It, it doesn't make sense to me. Like, no one – I don't think anyone was trying to offer Hayward that much money. And like you said, like, 17, 5, and 4, whatever he averaged as a fourth option was, was awesome. Like, that's good. But 
you're paying that kind of money like he was just coming out of Utah as a free agent. That's just like essentially the same contract he got from Boston. So yeah. it's just – it's absolutely ridiculous. And from Charlotte's perspective, it just doesn't make sense. Like Michael Jordan, amazing GOAT, like one of the GOAT players ever. But what are you doing as a general manager handing that out and you have to get rid of Batum, who's the last massive contract you signed, to make room for this new massive contract for an injury-prone wing player just to get a just to get a name like it does, doesn't make sense to me like you're gonna get penciled in as maybe like a mediocre team that's gonna miss playoffs barely but not be bad enough to get a top three pick or something when the Charlotte Hornets desperately need talent it's just it's crazy to me doesn't make any sense I I couldn't agree more I mean it makes zero sense I mean Michael Jordan is about to go down as like like oh and seven as a GM I like his finals like that flip of his finals record like he is. Like, he is terrible. <laughs> like, well, I what think it's, <laughs> it's him as an owner and then yeah. paired with his GM signs like Mitch Kupchak, <laughs> like back again, giving out horrible deals. I like, mean, there's been so many jokes about Mitch, like from a Lakers fans, like saying, oh, he's still helping the Lakers out by, by not like signing these players or, or trading these players to the Clippers and things like that. Well, we just <laughs> so funny. <laughs> I just saw a report that it's like the Lakers got denied a request to get Lou Aldane's contract like waived or something off their books for the last two years because they're still paying this man from when Kutchpet or Mitch paid him in the offseason. Now we got Mitch over here in Charlotte. It's going to be the same thing. Feeling 120 million to Gordon. I mean, Gordon Gordon's two injuries away from the same exact thing. Yeah. Like, like. It just doesn't make any sense. I mean, good for Gordon, as we said, definite winner on the player side. But from the GM and ownership side, it's like, what, what are you guys doing? Yeah. I mean, yeah. so what are you going to roll out there with? LaMelo, Scary Terry, Gordon, a small power forward in Bridges or Washington, and then Bismack Biombo. Maybe that's like a 10th seed at best. I'm sorry. Like, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. Like, like Gordon Hayward really has to like recap that All Star form for this to yeah. look like reasonable. Yes, but Which it looks, still doesn't. Uh, we, it could happen. Possible. Like it's yeah. possible. It could happen because he's a primary option. But but then you also need the other pieces to play well. Like Devontae Graham has to have another good season. Lamelo Ball has to like be a contender at least for Rookie of the Year. Like what the, what's Devontae gonna do now? Like the poor guy gets snubbed for Most Improved. And then now it's like zero confidence in them that they draft LaMelo and sign Gordon to take all the cap space up. It's like, yeah, I don't know, man. It's good old bitch, baby. Good old (laughs) bitch. That's all I could say. It's going to be interesting because just from the team perspective, too, as Charlotte, like where they're at as a franchise, like when you think when they lost Kemba, they could have realized, like, hey, we need to, it's rebuilding time. But nope. They're out here handing out massive contracts again to players that just it just doesn't make any sense. So um, that is why we had Charlotte as our our last loser and um, to round out that segment. But um, that pretty much wraps up this episode for you guys. Um, Obviously, we had some fun filming this, like cracking jokes, like it was a a good episode. But overall, like a very fun and active free agency period. And it's been good to see. And Johnny, I think you, you phrased it well. It's been great for contenders. I think it's going to shape up this this season that's starting just around the corner um, really, really well. So um, to recap again, we went over winners for players, winners in terms of team perspectives and free agency, 
and then losers as well. Um, please, guys, make sure to like, subscribe, follow us on social media and wherever you get your podcast platforms. And um, this is concluding another episode of The Pickup.